Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. All right, everybody. Thank you all for joining me. This is going to be a continuation of some stuff we've talked about recently because I don't think it's quite clear um, that just because you know MMT doesn't mean that you're going to suddenly be for a Green New Deal or Medicare for All or, well, you know, ending wars, quite frankly. Doesn't mean you're going to be up for renewables. Doesn't mean you're going to be up for changing the ownership of, uh, you know, private ownership, public ownership. It doesn't mean you're going to side up with anything on the left. In fact, I had a very rude awakening of that this weekend. A lot of times we think, well, they know MMT, so therefore they must be an ally. And I guess at some very rudimentary level, getting the economics out to the public um, is a common interest that all of us have. We all, whether you're left, right, middle, you know, understanding how the system itself works is vital to making progress. But don't confuse just because someone is an MMTer that they are inherently telling you left wing how we're going to bring about the revolution or how we're going to bring about these bold changes because it just isn't so. But more importantly, though, we have another problem. It's not just that not all MMTers are for the left. It's that many lefties aren't for MMT and they don't understand it and they have things to say. And it, 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 it is a real problem. So as you know, real progressives is about leftist spaces. We're about promoting the welfare, if you will, of the left. We're about promoting progressive uh, beliefs, progressive policies, not neoliberal Democrats by any stretch of the imagination. If you've ever followed me for even five minutes, you understand that we are in no way, shape or form a neoliberal outfit. And we're not looking for neoliberal solutions. We're all about reclaiming the public purpose, reclaiming what it is to be public. Um, we're about fighting and clipping the wings of neoliberal efforts. Uh, we're about calling out neoliberalism wherever it is, but we're also about making sure the left knows how to use the tools at its disposal because the right wing does. You understand this? The right wing understands, but the left is insanely resistant. And I'm going to start this show off with a video clip, and it's going to be a little lengthy, but I'm going to break it up here and there from when I was on status quo the other day. And a guy named Sean decided he was going to call in, thought he was going to say some things. He had, he had ideas, he had thoughts, and uh, it was kind of, uh, you know, kind of silly, to be honest with you. But here we go. I'm going to let you guys hear Mr. Sean and his pushback on MMT. All right. Sean, you're up. Hi. Um, 
I just, just real quick, this is the problem I have with the modern monetary theory, just real quick. Um, what is the plan besides more capitalism? Because at the end of the day, we all know money is the made-up creation and system of sustainability based upon faith within this particular system. But at the end of the day, is there an actual strategy for leftism that does not support this current system? Because as far as I can see, there is not a functional way that this system that is in power is empowered besides anything besides money. We can talk about the petrodollar, we can talk about Wall Street, we can talk about the mechanism money itself from you know Bill Gates to Jeff Bezos. But at the end of the day, where is the actual ability for leftists to take over a country using capitalism? Because to me, that is all the modern monetary theory is actually proposing that leftists actually take over capitalism using capitalism. And to me, that's a failed system entirely. Well, as a socialist, I agree with about 40% of what you said, the other 60, and that's not a good, that's a fail still, just so you know, in terms of our understanding of this. Um, you're, you're saying, hey, how can leftists use the monetary system to affect socialism i mean the fact is is that socialism doesn't depend on the lack of capitalism in this particular case you're talking about the ownership you're talking about the balance of power of who owns what and who owns the means of production and who uh, adjudicates what the people produce and who is the one driving them and making them move right and that is a totally different thing than the monetary system okay the monetary uh, so folks hold on real quick i want to jump in here so you understand this guy sean came in full of things right it gets worse by the way it gets way worse um but ultimately he had no ability to understand how socialism can exist with modern monetary theory and honest to god all mmt is is explaining how the system works so if you're telling me that when Jason Hickel comes out and says that we can't solve climate crisis without an eco-socialist approach to things, leveraging and understanding of modern monetary theory, when you tell me that Jason Hickel, who is staunchly advocating eco-socialism and is a firm MMT, you're telling me that a guy like him is just wet behind the ears. It just doesn't know what's going on, that it's not possible. This is the level of depravity that passes as political discourse on the left. They are resistant. They're unwilling to listen and learn about modern monetary theory. Okay. Now here's the deal. Jill Stein, uh, unable to crack the 5% needed. Howie Hawkins didn't even register 1%. Okay. So the most active leftist party in America couldn't even crack 1% in the most recent election. You've got a guy named Matthew Ho who's down south who has a chance of doing something, but to be perfectly fair, okay, you have no actual, um, you have no path forward right now electorally with most of the leftists now. So ultimately, most of what we're talking about is unless somehow or another, 
you dismantle the government, dismantle the entire global economic system. Sounds a little Trotsky-esque there, doesn't it, right? We'd, we'd have to dismantle the entire global framework for capitalism, right? Short of that, short of doing that, the left has no understanding of money. That's ridiculous. And yes, there I, I got into a fight with a, a leftist economist named James Medway out there in the UK. And this is another guy who truly uses austerity in his economics as he presents things. James Medway is a murderer by policy, whether he admits that or not. And there's so many of those folks out there that are exactly that. And that's that's really part of the problem here. Okay. So this guy, Sean, continues to go on. I blow up at this guy. I, I, I take it. I take it. I take it. And finally, I just couldn't stand it anymore. We're going to let you hear a little bit more of it. Here we go. Very system, which I, I don't even know why the petrodollar was brought up. Doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Um, but the monetary system is a creature of the state. So ultimately, if the people of the state have a nonviolent revolution, a violent revolution, whatever, it's still going to need tally sticks. Star Trek still had their little uh, beacons that used, uh, you know, tallies and strokes. Everybody uses tokens. There's some way of keeping track of whether or not you got your corn for the day or whether you've got your whatever for the day. The, the fact of the matter is, is that it's not a, it doesn't describe a capitalist system. Capitalism is about ownership and as ownership of means of production in particular. And, and so the way you take that back, in my opinion, is why this whole thing with Donald Trump scares the shit out of me to begin with. We can't as socialists vote our way to what you just said, but stop blaming the monetary system for it. The monetary system is a matter of government. So if you have Bernie Sanders, and I'm not saying he's a socialist for, for the U.S., he's like, oh, my God, he's radical. But for the rest of the world, Bernie is center right, okay? You have a guy like Bernie Sanders and puts Stephanie Kelton in the Treasury, puts her in the Fed. You have an entirely different thing going on here. And so all the things that we would like to see if we had the votes and stuff like that, under unless we're willing to revolt, okay, which we don't even have enough people show up to volunteer to help do anything useful in this, you know, activist world, unfortunately. Most people are fiercely individualistic. They want to do their thing, want to do their thing. They'll show up at a place with a sign. But they will not organize together. And as a result of that, you don't have socialism, okay? Socialism is being crushed by capitalism because capitalism fucking organizes. They get together. They don't sit there and whine about not being able to binge watch some Netflix. They freaking show up angry as hell and ready to organize. You can't get the left to show up for, for anything anymore. But, so but we got to start there. Talking about the, the very, what you're talking about is to literally retake, take over the Fed, take over the printing press. The entire mechanism of the United States government is not democracy. It's not represented democracy. It's money. It is the ability. Everybody in this chat knows that at the end of the day, the major thing that governs your life is money. Is anybody going to eat today? You want to know that's governed by money. Do you really think that at the end of the day, the class that has this. Yeah, you're breaking up. Manipulating control everybody is just going to 
I, 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 okay. Oh, sorry. I was going to say the federal Reserve. Can you hear me better? Yeah. Oh God. Here we go. I was, I was, <laughs> okay. I was, well, I was going to say the federal reserve is not owned by the American public. By any- <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I had to do that. I had to do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Impulse. No, the Fed, the Federal Reserve is not voted on by the American public. In what mechanism do you think in any real world that the American government, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer? Okay, all right. So, do you realize how stupid? Stu- I mean, like, we're not even talking about like just dumb. We're talking about like just completely vapid and vacuous, impossibly stupid, okay? He says, you realize the Federal Reserve isn't owned by the blah, 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 blah. Okay, so let's start at the Federal Reserve. Keep it right there. Then he says, when Nancy Pelosi, okay, that's Congress, that's right here. What kind of dumb fuck does this sort of thing? I I mean, you come onto a show, you're talking to someone that literally talks about econ all the motherfucking time from the left, and he's in them up on a grandstand talking about how the Fed, blah, blah, blah. The Federal Reserve controls interest rates. Interest rates are about you and I going into private debt to capital. We're taking out a loan. We're borrowing money. We're buying shit with it because we can't get the federal government to support our needs. Okay. So we have a huge shift, huge shift. Okay. This huge shift says, that, hey, the federal government being neoliberal wants you and I to take out personal credit loans to pay for things rather than the federal government spending money into existence to provide universal basic services. One is neoliberal, one is capitalist, one is absolutely a social democracy where you are taking your power, your purse to provide these things. Now, where it would become socialism is where all the actual care giving is nationalized. It's not privatized in any way, shape, or form. Medicare for all doesn't even offer up a socialized medicine. You understand? Medicare for all is a single-payer system paying to the private sector for private sector services. If you want socialist actual healthcare system, you have to literally nationalize it, okay? And make the means of production for the people, by the people, okay? Decisions by the people. Well, that's a whole different thing. It has nothing to do with modern monetary theory. You understand? But this jackass had things to say. You understand? It wasn't like he was asking a question. He didn't come on and say, can you paint for us what a socialist world might look like? in a world where MMT is fully understood and embraced by the left. And I could have said, yeah, let me, let's talk about that. Okay. But unfortunately this guy full cup, you ever seen a full cup? You have your cup. Let's just say it's my headphone case. You have the cup, you're trying to pour water into it, but it's already filled to the rim. What happens to all the water? It just goes all over the floor, right? Well, that's what happens when you try to fill a dumb fuck's mind. That's full of shit. It's completely full of shit. Okay. Got things to say, damn it. Got lots of things to say. And you would think that by exposing and expunging that shit out of their mouth, 
that it would make room up here on the top of the brain to pour more information in. But alas, it doesn't. It just swells the brain that they know more and they think they know more. And then they say stupid shit like what this guy said. Let's get back to knucklehead here. Okay. Here we go. Of the fucking printing press of the United States government over to the public because the major mechanism of control of the United States of America is the mechanism of forced poverty. Okay, time out. The Federal Reserve, I, I don't know if you listen to anybody that actually understands MMT or if you just listen to people that don't like MMT and derive your view of what MMT is by them. But if you listen to leftists and socialists that actually understand MMT, we're going to tell you straight up that you're conflating all the Federal Reserve can do. The only thing the Federal Reserve can do is control interest rates. That's what the Federal Reserve does is control interest rates. Okay, when the federal government spends money, that is an act of fiscal policy. That is an act of Congress. Article one, section eight of the Constitution you're talking about. That right there is Congress, not the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve didn't have anything to do with it other than break out their freaking keyboard. Okay. They break out their keyboard to literally enter a deposit into the Treasury's account. That's it. We're not talking about the Federal Reserve making decisions like that. That's as much as I despise neoliberal uh, interest rate policy discussions, which we don't really have enough time to talk about. We should. I've talked about it countless times on this program. I would challenge you to listen to some of them. But the fact is, is that you're you're asking us to fundamentally flush all the knowledge we have and pretend like the Fed is in control. When in reality, all the Fed's doing is dealing with interest rates. You want to talk about why people are suffering is because the federal government has purposely chosen to reduce the deficit by taking more out in tax and spending less at the same time, which then in turn fuels all the poverty you're talking about. And the fact is, is that as long as capitalism is allowed to stand and has the full backing of a neoliberal president, which uh, sadly everybody ignored when I said Biden's a fucking neoliberal, he's going to make your life a living hell. Okay, here we have a neoliberal doing neoliberal things. When a neoliberal does neoliberal things, you get neoliberal results. Sadly, there's a lot of blue wave people out there that can't hear that. And so they never even talk about the real economy. They never ever talk about the role of fiscal policy versus the role of monetary policy. MMT says we should have a 0% interest rate. Zero. Forever. Okay? The, the, the fair value of interest is always zero. It should not be 1%, 2%, 5%. It should be any of that. Magic? How do you get that implement? You're saying this. Do you not think poverty is a mechanism of control of the United States government? Just real quick question. I, I, absolutely. Okay. So. You all see this, right? This is this is the standard wretched bullshit that you have to deal with day in and day out. The standard wretched bullshit day in and day out. He's talking about poverty and and them using the monetary system and using austerity as a means of control. For fuck's sake, welcome to neoliberalism. That isn't MMT, you dumb fuck. That's neoliberalism, and that's why we fight neoliberalism. But when you're a full cup again, and you're trying to pour information in, but you've got things to say, imagine being that fuckstick that doesn't know their ass from their elbow. 
but tries really hard to act like they do. And they sit there and do that shit. That is what our movement is filled with. Filled with that kind of stuff. And then when you try and explain it, the minute you start talking about the real way it works, their eyes glaze over and they move on to another subject. Their eyes glaze over and they move on to another subject. As long as you're just saying shit and you say it like he did, you're fine. Everybody's like, oh, oh, very insightful. Very insightful. Hi, very insightful. But it's not insightful at all. And so many of the talking heads that are the left, if you will, are team, team us say ridiculously stupid shit. Now, don't get me wrong. Neoliberalism, put neoliberalism in a box because neoliberalism is an ideology. It's a way of, if you're, if you're a race car driver, okay, and you have a certain style of racing, like you're really, really good at your car being set up to go tighten the turns. They might lower one side. They might jack the other side up. They might mess with your uh your different uh you know parts of your car to give you different aerodynamics they might change the air pressure in your tires whatever that is a neoliberal racing setup let's say right but what happens when a socialist gets into power and a socialist says hey we're going to make it so that the people have more say we're going to create a law that makes it so that every single state every single state has the ability to put ballot initiatives on it. Or they say something along the lines of every single state will um, cause the direct democracy at the state level for all of the people to weigh in on each bill. And then the states will then take the, the voting at the state level and pass it up. And that's how it will get passed into law. Hey, that would require a huge change in how things get done because right now we use a system that allows for a representative democracy. Not really very much a representative democracy, but it's still nonetheless a representative democracy. Now, unfortunately, I love that you you say you 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 don't use you don't use the term macroeconomics. I just use the term macroeconomics. Double K. I'm not sure which one to put up there because I'm not sure what you're saying there. But I am going to wait for you to put another comment in there. Um, in any event, the, the fact is, is that when I look at this and I say to myself, then you don't have a clue what it is that you want as a socialist, right? Short of having the material conditions and a standing revolutionary force ready to go, which unfortunately they don't, okay? If, if for some reason we did, well, you know, revolution be possible. This has always been the way it is going way back to the 1900s look up rosa luxembourg okay she wrote a great book short book great book called reform and revolution check it out go take a look sometime you want to read up on this stuff go check out vladimir lenin's what is to be done great book but the material conditions have to be right for a bolshevik style revolution if that's what you're calling for okay short of that you're left with one or two things number one is the electoral process going and hoping to God these people vote for what you say. You know they won't do that without a popular movement forcing their hand. 
There's a lot of gullible people out there on the other side of this equation that think that we'll just vote our way to the things we need to survive. Just as gullible as this jackass on the recording here that thinks, how could we possibly have a socialist anything as long as we're using MMT? Okay. So let's go back. Let's let this guy continue out his fantasy story and we'll see how it plays out. It's a neoliberal, it's a neoliberal policy. Yes, absolutely. Then you, how do you change it? Because the only thing you're saying is like money is imagined. You're right. Do you not think that like the people in power know this? They're not going to well, let hey, clearly people like you would rather distract from people like me that actually understand the motherfucking system to sit there and try to tell everybody this stuff. All in screaming. Okay? Let's calm down a little bit. Well, no, well, okay, whatever. Apologies, Jordan. That's fine. So I just want you to realize, right? Once again, this guy says, we all know money is imaginary. Well, money's not fucking imaginary. Money is a creature of law. Not having a physical form is like saying an inch is imaginary or a pound is imaginary. In what sense? A pound is a very, very important representation of a certain size width, an inch, certain size width, whatever. Each of these things is a unit of measure. A dollar is of the same thing. It's a law. And that's it. That's fucking it. It's a law. And when the dollar is spent into the economy, Warren Mosler will tell you it is a tax credit. Nothing more than that. It's not imaginary. It's a law. It's a patent. Is it, it, You mean human beings created it? Well, fancy that. Just about everything you see in front of you, human beings have created. Your television screen, your fucking phone, everything. If this is, if this is created by human beings, is it imaginary? No. It's conceptual. It's not imaginary, though. It's a law. Try to pay your taxes sometime. And believe me, these sons of bitches are fierce. I know, unfortunately. Okay? So with that in mind, money is not fictitious. Money is not an imaginary thing. Money is a creature of law. To pay your taxes, you must have the currency. You can't pay your tax bill in Chinese yuan. You cannot pay your tax bill in UK pounds. You cannot pay your tax bill in the euro. You can only pay your tax bill in the United States with US dollars. Now, when you go to jail, call that what? Imaginary? Yeah, sure. It's imaginary all the way to the jail cell, which believe me, I never want to have to experience, but the way this son of bitches work, it's very real. It's very, very real. Okay. Let's get back after t Jordan does his moment there to show. I let him have his way. Um, I would have taken it further because I believe this guy is a clown and I believe he's somebody that is literally harming our movement. So I'm going to put it back up and here we go. But what, what I don't get is, I mean, from, I'm not an MMT expert, but I don't know. Steve seems to agree with you on the roots of poverty. It seems like you're basically just disagreeing on the real importance of the fed. Um, my, my, well, my position is pretty much this, that if you want to talk about like Medicare for all, okay, that is a difficult push. Okay. It's incredibly hard. But what I'm saying is that the money itself, 
Like, under God we trust on the dollar bill is actually the more honest form of government we have today. And what I mean by that is that are you going to eat today? That's determined by how much money you have. Are you going to sleep today in a place that has heating or has a television? That's all dependent upon the money that you have. The money itself is the mechanism of control above everything else that we live with on a daily basis. So, so let me let me let me change the narrative for you real quick because I do have to jump uh, off here. Hold okay? on, hold on. Let him let him finish real quick. Finish. And, and and the point that I'm making is the idea that these people, Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell, they know this. Joe Biden knows this. The idea that by teaching or talking about this, that we're going to be able to like strong handedly just rip the entire dollar bill from the, 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 the control of the of Wall Street, of the banks, of Nancy Pelosi, just because of the fact we talk about MMT online, it seems to me to be a little disingenuous because of the fact they use poverty to control us. Capitalism, All right. All right, because it. to me... <laughs> I, w- I want you to understand something. This is like, to me, the epitome of stupidity. When you understand that Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, and the gang are not going to give you what you need or want, and you vote for them anyway, you made a decision for all of us. All of us get to enjoy that decision, right? But when you make that decision, your policy space is defined by those individuals. You put a neoliberal in the White House, your policy space is defined by their policy space. All the things he was complaining about are legitimate things to complain about. Every one of them is a result of people suckling in and supporting Joe Biden and the gang. That's the way it works. You want what they want, vote for them. They'll give it to you. Don't worry. You don't what they want, well, then you've got to be in a position to fight somebody. And that's where I came into play. I, If you're not getting what you want from either way, what are you doing? So you're not going to get Medicare for all. You're not going to get a Green New Deal from people like Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi. You're simply not. Okay. And there's a lot of paternalists out there that protect public servants from any kind of harsh language, harsh assessments, any kind of judgment on them and their lack of accountability or lack of uh, effort or lack of production. Right. So I've staunchly said and you know what the thing is is that every one of the guests that i've had on macro and cheese okay have said the same things too all right people in the know people that are smart they've said the exact same things too it's not just something i create out of thin air the difference is, is that unlike most i stay true to it i don't go oh oh feel oh, something else, else to, oh donald trump is oh, nope i stay focused not many people stay focused. They're all over the map. One minute they say something, the next minute they say something. They, oh yeah, I'm all about MMT, but then all of a sudden let's support neoliberalism and all of this and all of that. I'm just a straight line. You like the straight line, great. You don't like the straight line, great. Straight line is what I am though. I stay on task. And some people can't deal with that because they like to bounce around. Eh, that's not me. Sorry, I'm going to be consistent. So. You might like me some days, you might hate me some days, but you know, in the end, I try to deal with honor and I stay focused. And the fact is, is that ultimately 
You're not going to vote your way to any of these things. When a neoliberal is in power, a neoliberal will reduce the deficit. They will force you into debt to survive. Bill Clinton did that. That's how Bill Clinton's economy worked. And then when all the dot-coms started going under, Bill Clinton handed a recession to W. You can hate W, and I hate W for a variety of reasons. But he inherited a recession from Bill Clinton because of the balanced budget, because of deficit reduction. This is things that Democrats do. And when you vote blue, no matter who, this is what you have, you have brought in to the world. And so when poverty strikes and the vote blue decides they're going to reduce the deficit, austerity is murder. Not only when Republicans put austerity out there, but when Democrats do it. And this is hard for people who are inconsistent, not very well-versed and bounce around. If you bounce around, if you're the bounce arounder type, these kind of logics are hard to stay on task because you just have this need to vote blue. You have this need to talk about this. When the reality is, is that because of that, the straight line gets muddied and gets screwed up and people die. That's the most important takeaway there. People die. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to cut this up. We have the federal government. We have Congress. We have the Treasury. We have the nation's bank, the Federal Reserve. Okay. Federal Reserve. What is its role in Medicare for all? Think about this for a minute. The role in Medicare for all. When the federal government and all of those elected representatives go ahead and pass Medicare for all, they will issue instructions where payments should be sent to the Treasury. But they will also go back to the Federal Reserve and they will say, hey, here's how much money has been authorized by this act. Please create a deposit in our account. Federal Reserve then creates the money with keystrokes into the Treasury's account, directly input, you know, inputs the amount that was in the bill into the Treasury's account. The Treasury then spends money to the various places where it's supposed to be spending money to provide you Medicare for all. So what was the Federal Reserve? How did the Federal Reserve in any way, shape, or form do something there? I got time. Anyone. Anyone. This is why the disgraceful people out there talking about the Federal Reserve, hyping it, oh, the Federal Reserve! They have gone down a right-wing anti-Semitic path that doesn't allow them to understand. And so the religion, the cult, if you will, of the private federal reserve doesn't do anything for us here. It doesn't do shit for us. When Congress says we want to get rid of student debt, won't come from your tax dollar. And all it will happen is the federal government says, hey, these debts that we have incurred, we want to zero them out. And so those debts then in turn just be accepted as breaches. They would wipe it out and zero it out. There'd be no tax dollars whatsoever involved in that. Okay, the federal government backstops all of those federal student loans. That's the point. 
They can make payments to the servicers as a just transition since they entered into contracts with the federal government based on certain criteria. Federal government decides that it wants to honor those contracts. It can make payments to those uh, loan servicing companies for whatever and tell them in three years time, we will be eliminating all federal student debt. So this three years is your opportunity to literally get whole, get right and walk away. Our contract has been upheld. You in turn free to go. They could do that. They could do that instantly, or they could just wipe it out. Whatever point is, once again, it's not up to the federal reserve. If they want to do that, Congress could choose or Joe Biden, who is the executive could choose to cancel student debt, just like he's chosen to go ahead and put it on hold for three years. Okay. Very important to understand these things. So if you're a socialist and you want bold policy, well, you've got to be able to have people in office that'll do it, or you have to be ungovernable. You have to be directing your action. You have to have a populist movement demanding, making these demands, constantly making these demands, making it impossible for them to ignore. A lot of people won't even pay attention to me when I say that. And that's a disgrace, by the way, because we need an Occupy 2.0. We do. We absolutely must have it. In fact, all the union people that I talk to, and I'm talking talk to the president of the Vermont AFL-CIO just the other day. He'll be this Saturday's Macro and Cheese podcast. We're reaching out to people like Liz Medina, talking to people like um, you know Sarah Nelson, Joe Burns, all these individuals talking about how necessary it is to organize, to collaborate with the different groups and have direct action to make these things happen. Why do people ignore me when I say, why do they act like I'm saying not to vote? Is there something wrong with their brains? Are they not listening to me? Why would, why would someone not understand what I'm saying? How is it even possible? I'm not speaking physics. There's no hardcore math here. There's no nothing. It's simple. The fact is vote for whoever you're going to vote for, but just know full well that the lobbyists who do direct action by showing up, writing bills, putting money in there. Okay. If we're not willing to fight for the policies that we want, regardless of who's in power, by the way, because remember Richard Nixon, even without it being Democrats, Richard Nixon put the EPA into law. Yes, Tricky Dick did that. I believe he's a Republican. Look it up. Okay. So I, I'm so disgusted by people that ignore that Richard Nixon passed the EPA into law. Disgusted that they don't understand that we have power even when we're not in power. Disgusted that that concept is far into them, that they can't see it, that they can't understand it. Disgusted. But none of that has anything to do with MMT. You understand? None of that has anything to do with MMT. Joe Biden suddenly putting billions with a capital B billions into hiring more IRS agents who are going to be able to carry guns and be ready to enforce, bringing tons of them in. Why? Because what's going to happen now, right? The belief, the false belief 
that taxes fund spending is driving them to go out there and find more money, right? Don't get me wrong. You need to be able to enforce a tax. Without being able to enforce a tax, you end up with what happened in the Civil War. You end up with what happened to the Confederacy, where they could not enforce a tax. Their money became worthless, and they got destroyed, rightfully so. But if you don't understand that even, okay, well, then we've got big problems. But this whole focus on going and getting revenue, bringing more and getting revenue, we don't have enough people enforcing Wall Street. We don't have enough auditors and regulators on Wall Street where the real bad actors go to play. Okay. The real bad actors go to play over there. That's what happened with the global financial crisis. Bear Stearns, Countrywide, all these folks, JP Morgan, Chase, all of them. We don't have anywhere near the enforcement over there, but where are they in the Inflation Reduction Act? Oh, that's right. They're just going to go after tax dollars, right? Hard-earned tax dollars. He, the guy's right. It's like, hey, how do you think you're going to vote your way there? I'm not the fucking idiot that believes that. I'm not the fucking moron that believes you're going to vote your way to getting a Green New Deal. I'm not that dumb shit that thinks that. There are dumb shits out there that think that. But I'm not that dumb shit that thinks that. I believe the people are going to have to do real, honest to God, organizing and direct action to force change to happen. Let me not ever be misquoted. I believe we cannot vote our way there. Am I saying not to vote? No, I am not. Vote your ass off. Do whatever you've got to do. Cover your bases. But do I think you're going to just vote and go back to brunch and suddenly we'll have Medicare for all? Brought Peter Pan, Count Chocula. No, that's not happening. So all the people that refuse to volunteer, refuse to be engaged, have things to do, fun stuff to engage in, well, you're not going to have any of these Medicare for alls with that strategy of organizing. That class of organizing isn't getting it done. Does that hurt people's sensitive ears? Probably. Is it true? Beyond the shadow of a doubt. Beyond the shadow of a doubt. If you want the major changes that we require, you must be on the front line. You must be supporting the people on the front line. You must be actively part of being part of the front line. You can't just hide out, go out for, you know, brunch, avocado toast, hang out with the skinny latte and expect big change to occur. It's not happening that way. That means it's hard, right? It's a hell of a lot harder than just voting harder, right? Hell of a lot more difficult than that. I want to flash forward to another thing. It's the same thing, just from a different angle. So I do this great podcast this weekend, and please, by all means, it may be my best podcast ever with Jason Hickel in Macro and Cheese. Please check this podcast out. Macro and Cheese is our podcast. Macro, the letter N, and then Cheese. Okay? We usually put them over there on our Real Progressives YouTube channel. You can check them out there. Or you can go to anywhere like SoundCloud or Spotify or Apple, iTunes, et cetera, and pick up 
the latest one with Jason Hickle. So I put this thing out there and we talk about degrowth. We talk about the global north and the global south. And we talk about the predatory nature of the global north as it lives la vida loco while pulling and sucking everything out of the south, making life hell on earth, de-industrializing, de-advancing the south, literally rendering them a plantation state of sorts, colonialism. Okay. Bottle Kaboob says you cannot decarbonize until you decolonize okay you cannot decarbonize until you decolonize now this guy comes out and puts a post out and this guy is an mmt guy he is a guy who i interviewed probably seven years ago back when we did the video uh only interviews using be live i don't know years and years ago and he comes out and puts a post out there saying oh this whole St steve grombine and jason hickle own goals over own goals this degrowth shit's got to end now and a bunch of vomiting pictures i was shocked <laughs> i was shocked because every single mmt person i talked to including especially people like stephen hale uh, Bill Mitchell. I even look over there at Fadal Kaboob and Ndango Sambasilla and others, many others. Stephanie, even out there talking about this stuff. Understanding Phil Lawn and Torrens University, they got their new Torrens University, et cetera. Okay. These guys are all helping advance a degrowth pr principle because the global north has got a huge footprint carbon footprint whereas the global south has been just destroyed by the global north's predatory nature and the way that they use the imf and structural adjustments etc so with this in mind this guy comes at us and attacking me for advancing climate saving paradigms people saving paradigms and all i could think of was wait a minute hold on you're you're an mmt guy what do you what, what do you mean and see this is the thing you go back a couple episodes ago maybe it was last episode even i don't know a couple rogue scholars ago i talked about that mmt policy you know it, it's it, it could be a hammer in the hands of an architect or a carpenter or it can be a lethal killing weapon in the hands of a domestic abuser. Okay. Well, here we are. There's an MMT person that I know and love attacking me for a degrowth position to save the environment. Well, MMT is the underlying truth behind the monetary system. However, as Bill Mitchell says, MMT is not the theory of all things. So that means that we've got to have some political analysis as well. That requires some historical materialism and some dialectical materialism and an understanding of the material conditions of the people, places, and things involved in history as it stands today. This is why you can't shoehorn Eugene V. Debs into today's society. Different circumstances. We have to look at the current material conditions and structure things accordingly. This is why when guys who are uh, anarchists like Michael Albert talk about the need 
for taking direct action and maybe even requiring some authoritarianism. Okay. Jason Hickel comes at it from a perspective of we must bring on an eco-socialist worldview to save us from extinction. There's no way forward with capitalism as it stands today. There is no free market solution to saving us from climate crisis. There is only public pressure, public law, public enforcement that can solve this. And that's true. There is no amount of goodwill within the capitalist community. And you can quibble over with such a thing exists. Somebody even came and attacked me. There's no such thing as capitalism. There's no such thing as neoliberalism. These are all stage race, you know, race science and stage theory and this and that and the other and all these things. And I'm like, wait, a hold on. We can't even get Jane and Joe public to understand the federal government creates currency and can spend on the people. We can't even get people to understand that they're still stuck in this hard-earned paradigm of hard-earned tax dollars. How in the world are you going to get them to care about philosophy and all these other extra layers of esoteric PhD level thinking when they can't even conceptualize that the state has the power to spend money into existence? That's too much for them to get, but they could certainly get into uh, stage theory and, and friggin' race science and all this. Gee, many Christmas, how, you know, it's like so misplaced. So ridiculously misplaced, okay? The underlying system, the underlying monetary system is neither good nor bad. It's just a hammer laying there on a table until you wield it. Once you wield it, then it takes on the traits and the characteristics of the wielder. Right now, we've got neocons and neoliberals running our government with their hands on the money, with their hands on the money creation process. That's who they are. The people that get to decide what's a priority and what's not a priority. They're not you and I. They're neoliberals paid for by lobbyists that have a revolving door to Wall Street. We're not in the club, gang. So in order, because we're not in the club, in order to get heard by the people in the club, they've got like six-inch thick soundproof glass protecting them in their elitist bubble from hearing our cries and screams. We need to crack that bubble. We need to shatter that glass. We need to get our voices inside there. And the only way to do that is organizing. Okay, period. Tired of junior varsity explanations for why I'm wrong and we just need to vote blue and everything will be okay. Fuck a stupid idea like that. We, you vote however you want. I'm not here to tell you what to do because the options are rarely any good. I'm here to tell you that if you're not ready to fight outside that duopoly. If you keep allowing Democrats to co-opt your ideas, roll them in and kill them, which is what happened to the green dream, okay? It's what happened to, we're not gonna vote for Medicare for all. All the things that you wanted and needed and love are not happening. Joe Biden, well, I'm thinking about $10,000 off of uh, student debt. Dude could wipe it all out, but every Tom, Dick, and Harry vote blue sycophant that doesn't understand their ass from their elbow thinks somehow or another that's coming from their hard-earned tax dollars. So we have got to deal with that base level right there. We've got to deal with that base level right there. Forget anything else above the base level. Right now, we just got to get it through all of our heads. Republicans, Democrats, socialists, fucking anarchists. I don't care who you are. 
libertarian, LOL-bertarians, right? The fact is we have a state currency. The current people that have access to writing bills and laws are in there are people that are gatekeepers for neoliberalism. The few show ponies we got through the door that are quote-unquote progressive haven't done shit from Shinola. And for all those people that want to defend them because they just don't have the numbers, remember the one guy at Tiananmen Square that stood in front of the tank. We need our progressive representatives to be at least symbolically like that person that stood in front of the tank. Now, whether you agree with that, whether it's a fake story or not, whether it's fake news, doesn't matter. The point is when you're a progressive and you don't have power, you have to do whatever you have power to do. And if that means you're a one-termer because you are disruptive and you make it have to happen, you force them to hear you. That's how dire it is. And if they're not willing to do that, I don't see what value they bring being in these committees. I don't see what value they bring being part of our government. We need people that are willing, as AOC originally said, to be a one-term person, to fight for the right things and not try to become a careerist. Do what you can without regard for your next reelection. Do what you must to bring about these ideas into the public sphere. Be unapologetic and truth-telling. Otherwise, what's going to end up happening? Guys like this Sean guy who we heard mouthing off for a half hour, it seemed like, just saying random shit about things he knows nothing about. Embarrassingly shameful excuse for an activist running. Instead of being like what I think is the only appropriate thing, I don't know physics. So you know what I do? I say, hey, can you teach me this? I don't understand what it is. Or, hey, you know what? I don't fully understand the, the formulas for including energy consumption inside of a sustainable economic paradigm leveraging modern monetary theory. Can you help me understand? Instead, well, you know, the only prime, prime Federal Reserve. Da, 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 da. Shut up. We need a whole lot less of that moronicness and a whole lot more. I need to learn. Fill me. I'm ready to be filled. Give me the information so I can make change happen. Not a bunch of, well, let me tell you something. Shut up. I don't want to hear that. I watched a video on YouTube and therefore I know it's like Neo. It's got the thing. <gasps> I know jujitsu. I can fly a Black Hawk helicopter. I know, I know Russian. We need people that are willing to learn because it's got to be an each one teach one strategy. And yes, there is a lot of abysmal people out there that will absolutely tune out a macroeconomic discussion. And then the next election comes and the people up there go, well, Bernie, it's pie in the sky. How are you going to pay for it, Bernie? Blah, blah, blah. And the same people are going to be like, I don't know. Bernie's website said something about a Wall Street speculation tax paying for it. Well, yeah, but I'm not out there. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. Here, let's go ahead and put this up there. This is perfect. Thank you, Jonathan. This is like one of those blinding flashes of the obvious. Grumbine is a YouTuber telling you about economics. 
But I'm not here to tell you, hey, don't read the freaking academic papers. Don't read the other stuff because you just heard it all from Grumbine, right? I'm giving you the, pers the, the perspective of a fellow activist who's learned this stuff, who spends all their time. My ministry of activism is the macroeconomics of MMT and understanding the combination of environmental and ecological justice, okay? And I'm working on it, a whole slew of things. If you look at our organization, we literally have seven, seven knowledge areas that we focus on, all of which we undergird with an understanding of economics. Because there's nothing worse than an activist that doesn't understand that government can do these things. Because then if they think that we can't do them, their imagination shrinks to this. I, I, Nancy Pelosi said, and what Nancy Pelosi said, we can't do anything to Nancy Pelosi. I can imagine that person saying, we can't get the EPA in. The, what are you talking about? We can't get the EPA in. There's a fucking Republican, Richard Nixon, something. We can't get the EPA in there. And that's when you want to just drop off the elbow, elbow of truth right off the top rope. And you want to rake the eyes and just rake the eyes. Get that salt, the, the, you know, you want to do your uh, Adrian Adonis dance as you get ready to do the figure four leg lock or whatever on them, you know, do a suplex or whatever on them. I mean, I just really, really have a hard time with know-it-alls that know nothing and people that literally mislead an entire movement. And there are so many headline activists out there, so many YouTube channels out there where they talk about all these late night things. I mean, for crying out loud, Craig Pasta's out there talking, literally talking about their printing money and it's causing inflation. No joke. There are others out there talking about Bitcoin. Folks, please go out there and read Brett Scott's book, Cloud Money. There, we've interviewed Brett Scott as well on Macro and Cheese and half you guys probably haven't heard it. Dude, macro and Cheese, I swear to God, I should stop doing this just put all my attention on Macro and Cheese because Macro and Cheese is where it's at. This, I enjoy doing this. Don't get me wrong. But macaroni and cheese, you've got some really, really important stuff going on. We can only get people to fucking listen to it. But go listen to it because all this crap about freaking Bitcoin is going to take over. Every time I hear some neo-maxis and dweeby make these bold statements, I just want to scream. And that is part of the problem here, folks. That is part of the problem. So with that, I am going to venture back into my day job and I'm going to ask each one of you to consider that MMT is just the monetary system. In the hands of progressives and socialists, it becomes a socialist society because you pass laws about worker co-ops, you pass laws about means of production, you pass laws about board of directors, you pass laws that govern society. But that's what you do when you have those people in office. But when they're not there, what do you do? You do direct action and you don't vote for the enemy, right? By the way, you do direct action. That's what you do. That, Steve Grumbine, the Rogue Scholar. And I hope you guys enjoyed yourself. I know I did. And on that note, I am out of here. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.